Morning Glory Podcast. I am your host, Luke Grilly. I'm here with Jerry Burris and old man Sean Z. And we are getting you guys ready for your 2017 fantasy football season. I know it's been a while since we started talking fantasy football. Uh, well, we back. To you guys back, baby, in the big way. What's this old man Sean Z shit? That's a BS <laughs> right there if I ever heard it. I'm young. I'm young at heart. Well, you Young at heart, you're still old at everything else. That was a terrible old comeback. So take old that. the balls. We're starting off hot here tonight, baby. Starting off hot. No, tonight we are going to talk to you guys about all of our favorite studs, guys who are just not worth it, a.k.a. this guy sucks, and we're going to be talking sleepers tonight. They'll be drafted outside your top 100 as we get ready for your fantasy football drafts. But it has been a while. This summer has been pretty busy. We've had weddings where we all got together and did some shenanigans uh, we've had some some trips overseas. Sean Z went to Iceland, enjoyed the the beautiful uh, Icelandic uh, weather and landscape, the glaciers. Um, I went there last year, fantastic. I'm sure Sean would say that you should absolutely go back. Yep. Here. We tried to get the uh, the fourth member to the pod here on. He's he's you know too probably, too Hollywood for us. Try playing Connect Four or something like that. Yeah. Um, but of course, we also have been distracted with uh, you know fantastic shows like Game of Thrones, where I think half our fantasy league—it's uh, either you're a lover of Game of Thrones or a hater of Game of Thrones. But this there's a hard line been- in the sand when it comes to Thrones in the league. That's for sure. It's like it's, it's like the same with Snapchat. There's half the league does it, half the league is adamantly opposed. Right. Wait, there's actually a league Snapchat. I'm not even aware of that. I don't. I don't yeah, have. It. I, I don't have the app. That's that's my digital line in the. Well, that course. or that or Rihanna, but we'll we'll save that for another. <laughs> you know, that, that we could do two hours on that. We're, we're still <laughs> waiting for Jerry's top ten, and uh, Rihanna's not on there. But gentlemen, that's a different. There's that. two different lists that you're trying to describe. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll yeah we'll we'll. we'll that, that's a different different day for a different pod, but. This season of Thrones has been on fire. Not just talking about last night or Sunday night. But uh, spoiler alert real quick here. I'll let the people wait. Three, two, one. All I could think of when Jamie was thinking was from old school Frank, you know, hello, darkness, my old friend. Yeah, and how deep is that thing, that area of the water? Like, it's a deep that was they, were just, they were just riding a horse through there. We, we, like, we've got to appreciate that he just went into, like, two feet of water. Oh, I know, but it was just, it was just the slow-mo and how dramatic it was. It was great, and... I mean, you know he'll be saved next week as they open up the episode. But, uh, yeah, we finally saw those dragons light bitches up, and that was fun to watch. Um, far more exciting than the Hall of Fame game that was played between the third-string Arizona Cardinals and fourth-string Dallas Cowboys. Sean, you obviously – Jerry, too, but Sean, when I think of Canton, Ohio, and I think of football, you know, obviously the Zustin bros come to mind. What can we do to fix the Hall of Fame game? Because I, I understand they want to kind of make the enshrinement like at the beginning of the season per se, but it feels like just a disservice to have the enshrinement followed by a bunch of scrubs who aren't going to make the the fifty three. Okay, are you talking about, about Kid Rock? You, you want Keith? the game to be fun and competitive? It will never be fun and competitive. Uh, like, there's no reason. There's nothing to fix. It's no, but preseason. if you put season, I mean, if, how you, you fix put it in the, the third season though, is you cut two preseason games. That's no, a, but if, because then all of a sudden that game's got to be a lot more competitive. That's how you fix it, and they're going to do that anyway. So if you if you make that game in the third week and not no, the, no. the opening game of the preseason, then it will be competitive because no, you'll see the starters really fine have. being the first game. Like it's per it, actually, I think it it, it gives kind of nice symbolism to everything in the Hall of Famers. I think once they cut the preseason games. And if they bump up the regular season games, they're probably going to do, then it it fixes itself through that. Because all of a sudden you got two games and you're going to be playing it a whole different way. You're still not going to see starting quarterbacks, but you're going to see a lot better games. Okay. All right. Well, that that, that might fix it. But I just feel like it's kind of, like I said, a disservice to the guys in the gold jackets that, uh, I mean, it makes them look a hell of a lot better um, in comparison, I guess, to all these scrubs playing. And it's, I, I mean, I, I find any reason to watch to watch football whenever it's on. But even I couldn't get myself to watch the the heated battle of uh, Blaine Gabbert going against. I don't even know who the back hey, Blaine Kellen Gabbert, Moore. Blaine Gabbert looked good. He looked good. Well, this, but okay. So we got to talk about this real <laughs> quick. 
I don't mind Brad Evans uh, from Yahoo on Twitter, but after Blaine Gabbert threw one so of his bad. two touchdowns or whatever, he came out and said, "If you're drafting Carson Palmer this year, make sure you pick up Blaine Gabbert as your as your as your handcuff to to Carson Palmer." Number one, if you're handcuffing Carson Palmer, who's probably going to be the twentieth quarterback taken this year, then you ain't doing it right. Number two, either. He was just drunk off his tequila. He he loves talking about how he loves his tequila. Or he was just hadn't watched pro football in about six months, and he was just far it's, too excited yeah, to jump the gun. It's the same take of let's fix the Hall of Fame game, actually, as a matter of fact. <laughs> it's not as bad, but it's – well, actually, his is worse. Thank but you. Yours, yours is not like outside of the phylum or family of awful early sports take. Well, whatever. Again, Another horrible comeback. Bro. My comebacks like, are just he is here. getting locked down, shut up, put to sleep early on. You better come strong with these studs, duds, or I sleepers. I want to hear it. Let's get into it. Let's, let's cut the BS in. Let's go. I'm not proud of myself. All right, so we're going to talk about what we call studs here. Uh, not necessarily the, the first, second, third pick in your draft, but guys that we feel will far outweigh their value so you're going to get this guy in maybe the sixth round he's going to put up third round fourth round points for you um or maybe you're going to get him at the back end of the first round he could finish as the overall rb1 this season so uh we got a couple guys that we want to talk about each of us picked some of these guys out and after we talk studs we'll say this guy sucks for the worst value pick and then we'll finish it off with sleepers guys drafted right outside the top 100 that could be a big reason why you win your league. But the first guy that I want to talk about, gentlemen, and perennial RB1, but a perennial headache as well because you never know if he's going to be on the field, is DeMarco Murray running back for the Tennessee Titans. He's right now being drafted 14th overall according to Fantasy Football Calculator's ADP, which we'll be referencing throughout this episode. Um, but last season, he scored as a number five overall uh, highest scoring non-quarterback. So DeMarco Murray, when healthy, Puts up points, especially in the run-first offense in Tennessee. However, he comes with that injury tag that he's going to miss two or three games, kind of like Arian Foster back in the day, I feel like. So, I mean, Sean, he's discounted at 14, but if you have a top six, top seven pick, is it crazy to take DeMarco Murray? Yeah, it's crazy to take him there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think um, he, he's if you're in a big league, he's a nice wraparound guy, or you take him first, and then, and then you kind of like, you got to pair him up with something. I think you also have to be a little concerned, and, and we'll get to some other guys that were way worse, though, that the last four or five games of the season. Is this guy more of a 10- to 12-game player? Start the year, you get a good record, and you've got to look to maybe target uh, an unload-type situation. Um, and it kind of depends on the rest of your, your team. But, yeah, I, I think you've got to be – you've got to know what you're getting into with DeMarco Murray. I don't think if he's your num- first-round pick, you're in a good spot – at all but if he's your second round pick and then you pair him up with maybe a ppr type guy at the running back and later rounds you have a solid third option just to to fill some of those voids um he runs upright he takes some some wear and tear he also gets red zone carries so um and you're dealing with a coaching staff that that loves to run the ball they're still going to be about 55 45 so looking at all that there's tons of value there but you gotta you can't be too early with that value I see that, you know, obviously, like I said, he gets dinged up all the time. They have Derrick Henry, who's going to spell him and looked pretty, pretty solid at times last year. But um, I, I trust I trust the the usage of DeMarco Murray. He's one of those guys who's going to get 30 some odd touches. Uh, you have the 11th pick in our draft. Obviously, you're not targeting him. But if I happen to have a late first round pick in one of my drafts, I would be looking at him. But Sean, you actually have um, a fellow Tennessee Titan. He's a wide receiver, though. Not Corey Davis, not Eric Decker, but you have Rashard Matthews as one of your guys who will outproduce his ADP. Uh, where are you on on Rashard Matthews? Even now that the uh, Tennessee offense is loaded with pass catchers, so where do you where's where's see the ADP and and what you're looking at? I don't have those rankings in front of me. We'll talk about them for a little bit, real quick. And I'll tell you exactly <laughs> so where he is. Here comes a here comes a control find. So what happened in my what I what I'm hearing a lot is I think Decker's getting a lot of plub, and I I think Decker's like a perfect, you know, wide receiver too. I actually think Rashard Matthews. I think he had 125 targets last year. I think there's a bump there, even or even if he stays there, you're looking at 85 catch guy potentially. He gets a lot, got a lot of touchdowns last year. That may taper a touch, but we just talked about Murray, Henry, Mariota, 
Delaney Walker, like these, those types of weapons up the middle are going to take a lot and you're going to get a lot of man to man, man to man in certain spots. Decker's only going to help the cause, so to speak. So I actually think with where he's going now, I've seen him anywhere in, in the, the, the round hundred. Um, I saw him maybe a week or two ago at like one fifteen. I think he's going to come up from that. I don't know what that is from a wide receiver number uh, or ranking there, but I think there's a lot of value with Richard Matthews. I think he's probably around round and a half later. Uh, of course, we're saying all this and we're all in the same league. So now we're all going to, everybody <laughs> that listens to this is going to get a jump on some of these things. So maybe we're lying. Maybe we're not. <laughs> Um, so he's he's a late eleventh round pick right now. He's going about one twenty eight overall. He's yeah, that's 53rd. way too too late. I mean, look at who's going around, and we'll get to another guy that's going right around there, if not later. Right. The, like, and then you, you you look at Michael Crabtree is what maybe a top sixty guy. Like, are, is there a huge difference there from a targets and like Crabtree just got touchdowns last right. year, and if Cooper Crab- gets any of those touchdown targets. All right. of a sudden, Cooper's value goes up. Crabtree drops drastically. Crabtree feels like an, a major overdraft. And then there's someone like Fitzgerald sitting 10 picks after him. And, and for all intents and purposes, still a better player. Right. Crabtree's going late fourth round, 46th overall, 23rd wide receiver. And if you look at his numbers to Rashard Matthews' numbers, um, compar- comparatively, they're not that different, but it's a seven-round difference. So, yeah, I, I think that Rashard Matthews definitely could be one of those late-round gems that could, you know, put you over that hump and maybe give it's you also even an injury more guy. Though he can be, he, you know, he, yep. He, and I will get into my other point on this, and and I'll keep hammering is health is a skill. Like me and Mark talk this all the time with our dynasty, like having guys that play 15, 16 games. And give you consistency. Like Jason Witten is an underappreciated fantasy player of all one of the more all time because mm-hmm. the guy always plays. You you're not drafting him really early, but you know, he's always probably on a lot of playoff teams if you look historically over the years. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh that goes Jerry into what my my stud was gonna be my first stud I wanted to mention was mine is Travis Kelsey. He's uh right now he's fifth round on our average draft position, and I'm bringing him up because I, I want to make a case for him being the first tight end off the board. Um, so I well, have, Jerry, re- real, real quick, he's actually going late third according to this ADP. Yeah, I was going to say. You he, have it in, I, okay, I, I, in, I mean, I know what you're, what you've probably looked at, Jerry. Kelsey is one of these that he literally is bouncing around. I think he's. I agree with you. He's he's right there in the discussion. I think Gronk is too early if he's a second round, but if they're both in the third. Yeah, you're splitting hairs because he's you know he's the leading receiver for for the the Chiefs. I mean, put the stats up there. It doesn't matter position. He's the leading receiver. And Gronk has had. I was going through his injury history today. He's had two herniated discs and a fractured back. One was in college, but three back surgeries. Count that in with the knee injuries, all the other myriad of injuries, the broken arm. You know, I, I saw the Lyme disease is on the rise in the Northeast. We're a little worried about that. So who knows, you know, with, with what's going on. But I think that you have to make a, leg, a legitimate case for him being the first off the board this year. Um, so is he going to be far and away the, the best point scorer when it comes to tight ends? Probably not. Um, you know, you still have Reed. You still have um, Greg Olson up there. But I think – my case is more for him being the first one off the board than it is um, Gronk this year. Um, I, I still think both are going to be studs. If if Gronk can play the way he did when he was on the field last year, you know that brief time, then then obviously he's the the best tight end in the league, uh, far and away. But I think you have to make a case just from the offense that Kelsey plays in. Um, so th- that's my stud. You just brought it up when you were starting to go into the injury bug and I- injury being a skill. Because the if only that's watch a skill, that I'd say with Travis Kelsey is that team could be a five and eleven team. Yes, yes, that offense is is frightening because he really is the only weapon right now. Um, you know the the running the running game. It is what it is, but. I can't so name got, another receiver. They got Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is, is, is five turning into three. Is he five five? Maybe at the most. Yeah, but is Tyreek is Tyree Hill a guy that gets figured out after an off season? Is this a little Tavon Austin from when you know Tavon Austin had this kind of burst at the back end of right. his rookie year and then poo poo platter? And I think I Luke, think he's you've got a dud that's a Kansas City running back that alludes right. to why this team could be bad. 
Now you also flip it to some some kind of like sleeper, but maybe hit that one. Right. Well, real quick about about Tyreek Hill. They're trying to take turn him into you know the number one wide receiver. I think it's going to be very challenging. He's more of a gadget player, I think, more than anything. Kind of like you said, Tavon Austin. Also talking about the tight ends. Um, I only want three tight ends on my team this year, and those are the only three I'm going to sell out for. It's Gronk, Kelsey, and Greg Olson. Other than that, I'm all set. I I, I don't. I'll get one of those later guys in the later rounds. Um, those three are who I feel have the best opportunity to be absolute studs. Uh, Gronk can put up better numbers than a wide receiver one if he can stay healthy all year. But again, we'll, we'll so see. You're, you're, not, you're not in agreement this year. I'm Larry Greg Olson. I don't see the difference between him and Kyle Rudolph. Um, uh, you know, I I just I'm a, I'm uneasy with Olson, especially with this Cam and Andrew Luck situations. Both of those really. Are, uncertain what's going on there with their shoulders so you guys yeah, are on my uh my my boat of going all in on oj howard early i think he can move to a top five <laughs> tight end this year they're he's, not he's, that, he's okay. a, a tight end too for them right now um yes go ahead, i understand cameron brace in the way but that's going to be a very short hurdle to jump over there has not been a stud rookie tight end or not even a top 10 rookie tight end since Jeremy Shockey back in 2002. Other than that, Gronk in 2010 had like 10 touchdowns and ended up finishing as like a top 12 tight end. But the tight end position in the NFL is so hard, I think, to put up, um, you know, productive fantasy productive numbers for the first two, three years that I just don't – I think O.J. Howard will be wildly overdrafted just like Eric Ebron was a few years ago. I remember when Eric mm-hmm. Ebron was That's a rookie fair. and came out. Everybody said he's a surefire top five tight end because he was an athletic freak. And he still hasn't even panned out as a top 12 tight end. So it'll be interesting to see if Ebron can do that this year. But, Sean, you alluded to one of my – one of my this guy sucks, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, Spencer Ware. Personally, listen, I had Spencer Ware last year. I think the guy – got lucky that he was put into a situation where he had the opportunity to be a, a three down running back because Jamal Charles got hurt and Charkandrick West just isn't very good. But this year, Andy Reed drafted cream hunt in the third round and hunt by all reports that I've read has looked fantastic in training camp. But then again, take that with a grain of salt because everybody looks fantastic in training camp. But I think that Andy Reed handpicked cream hunt, to become the next starter in Kansas City. And it reminds me, I'm not saying the player reminds me of this guy, but Andy redrafted LaShawn McCoy in the third round to be his guy in Philadelphia. So I really would not be shocked if by week four, even before the preseason's over, week one, Kareem Hunt is your starter in Kansas City. And and right now, Kareem Hunt can be had at a very good price. Uh, rookie running backs tend to be underdrafted just because you really don't know what you're going to get from them. This year is a little bit different because there's a ton of great running backs this year. But Cream um, Hunt's being drafted in the eighth round right now, which just feels like he could be an absolute steal in the middle of the eighth round. Because if you can get a, a, a premier RB2, which is pretty much what Andy Reid turns out in the eighth round, you're doing pretty damn well. Uh, Sean, what, what are your what's your take on the the running back situation in Kansas City? Who's gonna who's gonna you know come out of that? Spencer Ware, Cream Hunt, or somebody else? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think it's long term. Obviously, it's Kareem Hunt. Um, is he gonna is he gonna pass drug tests? Um, you know, who knows? Uh, from some of the deeper stuff that I've dug into from from reading and. You know, obviously it's an Ohio-based program, so you know you get some scoops here, or there, or, you know, everywhere. Um, you know, is, is this guy going to get into the marijuana program at some point? Um, it's possible. Who knows? Money has a way of, of changing the game a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I, I like that. I think if they're five and eleven, things could get real sideways, and you got Patrick Mahomes and Burris's boy, and next thing you know, you know everybody you got on that team is is suspect. Mm-hmm. Another rookie running back that I've been on, I've been talking about him for months now, ever since he got drafted. I thought it was a pretty damn good landing spot because the guy in front of him just really isn't very good. Uh, Dalvin Cook, second round draft pick by Minnesota, slowed a little bit in the draft due to questionable character concerns, um, but was the best running back in college football last year. And with Latavius Murray shelved with an with an ankle injury. He's now had the opportunity to get all the first down reps uh, or f- uh, first team reps in, in preseason and OTAs. This is Dalvin Cook, obviously. 
he's being drafted in the fourth, fifth round right now. Again, a little bit of discount because of rookie running back. You don't know what you're going to get. And also, there are some questions with Minnesota's offensive line, but I just think the opportunity is there for him to get 250, maybe even 300 touches because he can be a receiver out of the backfield. I really like Dalvin Cook as one of those mid-round guys that you can get, again, and be a solid RB2 for you. If you lock down that RB1 position in the first two rounds with one of those stud running backs who are going to produce for you week in, week out, and then you're able to get a guy like Dalvin Cook who's got all the potential in the world, I think that's a win-win situation for you and, and a strategy that I'm probably going to look at when we go into draft season. Uh, Jerry, you watched Dalvin Cook a little bit in, in college last year. You've seen Minnesota play. Obviously, they struggled with Adrian Peterson last year when he was healthy, and um, you know the running situation did not get much better. But do you see maybe some hope on the horizon with Dalvin Cook coming to Minnesota? I think Dalvin Cook is somebody you need to invest early and often on this season because he's a three-down back, and I don't know how many running backs uh, that are rookies here are three-down backs in the NFL. He's really gotten some, some play up in, in Minnesota with – with how well he does in the passing game, he's really translated from from the Florida State offense into what they're trying to accomplish there. I I think he's somebody we all have to keep an eye on. Um, for for if he slips to me, you know, third round, I have to seriously consider pulling the trigger on him. You have to Take top of the third right round, now. idiot. Yeah, if it, <laughs> I can. What, so He's what going to be saying? there at the top of the third round. Like, and I have to seriously consider in our 14-team league pulling the trigger on third round first pick. You just put him at the 29th pick. Let's just put this in perspective, Luke Gurley. <laughs> this this jackass, just put him at the 29th pick now. you just Where did you place him before? Like He may not have listened to a thing you said. Where did you exactly have him at? I got him mid fourth. He's going forty third right now in yeah, ADP. It's, it's yeah, forty. <laughs> you put him at twenty nine now. Typical yes, Burrish shit. No, this I'm serious. Like I think I think he's going to be the guy in the uh, NFC North. Who you drafting a one? I got either Le'Veon Bell or David Johnson. We're still in negotiations. He he can't. Me- okay, listen. Jerry Burris can mess a lot of things up in fantasy football. He cannot mess that up unless he trades one of those guys to me for like I, dis- third I disagree. He could take Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell could fa- pass or fail a piss test the next week. That's and what he terrifies will officially me. screwed that up. <laughs> listen, just take Todd Gurley first overall. Um, oh, no, I'm, you're, I'm serious. Gurley, we're going to have to dedicate a pot to that here at some point. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. You're, well, you're, let's, you're dying on that hill. Let's talk about uh, fellow Minnesota Vikings because, Sean, you have Adam Thielen as one of your studs this year. Uh, breakout season last year, finished, I believe, just over 1,000 yards for the Vikings with Sam Bradford throwing him the ball, which is ridiculous. Had a crazy week 16. I think he had like 200 yards and two touchdowns and won a ton of people fantasy football championships. Uh, so you think this success is going to continue, and do you think he continues to be the number one option for Sam Bradford and the Vikings? So Sam Bradford, when he played for the Rams, when he was healthy, had Danny Amendola, who was a seven to eight catch a game guy. Adam Thielen is the same guy six years later. Bradford's the same quarterback. He sucks, but this is this is just. A fantasy player. He's actually a, a, like a really good player. Like this guy is kind of Eric Decker 2.0 almost. Um, tons point. of value here. Just you know, great route runner, great hands. Plays net with Diggs, who's hurt all the time. So he he flip flops between wide receiver one and wide receiver two. They got Rudolph. They've got the running game. They've got a big time defense, so they get a lot of plays. I, I the, his target numbers, his catches for those targets. What's not to love there? It's it's wide receiver two upside. It's pretty much like a perfect third wide receiver on a roster to have. Um, he he helps you if you get an injury, helps you sustain a few weeks, and he's going to play you know fifteen sixteen games barring a catastrophic injury. And he's also currently uh, mid tenth round pick, going one hundred fifteenth overall, uh, with the likes of Corey Coleman, Corey Davis, Marvin Jones. Uh, all these the, guys that are hurt all the time, right? Hurt and also all the time, like Corey Coleman is going to probably it will go ahead of him in most mm-hmm. drafts. Probably not, maybe not ours, because Brown is. But you know, Rue might take him at seventieth pick or something. <laughs> um, but, Fourth round, yeah, that's right. But we, you've got these dynamics. Um, you know, Kenny Britt's another one. Like Kenny Britt should go ahead of Corey Coleman. Um, you, you know, there's all these guys. The other guy that I like, Willie Sneed. 
you know, another guy that that's that's got a lot of you know wide receiver too, but upside there. You know him. The difference between him and Michael Thomas marginal. Like it's it's there's a lot to like there, and the Saints got to throw it to somebody with Cooks gone. Right. Well, and compare and contrast. So you have Willie Sneed, who's a late fifth round pick, and then you got a guy like Michael Thomas, early second round pick. So. Obviously, the value here, I mean, Michael Thomas had a great rookie season. I mean, he pretty much did Marcus Colston 2.0 uh, from Colston's rookie season, you know, 11, 1,200 yards, seven, I think, seven or eight touchdowns. Uh, but the 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 draft capital that you have to spend on Michael Thomas versus Willie Sneed, I don't think is worth it. And, and I think you guys will both agree with me on that one, right? I, I agree with you. Thanks for that hard-hitting take there, Jerry. <laughs> wow. I was kind of letting him, teeing it up for him, and he took us for a ride on the hot take of crap. Oh, take yes. Okay. All right. So, Jerry, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you some redemption here. Give me give me uh this guy sucks. Give me a good one that that you think that drafters should stay away from this season. I'm going to stay with a common theme on my Actually, I'm going to give you two guys here. Uh, there's a theme here. Kelvin Benjamin, Kelvin Benjamin, and Eddie Lacy this year um, both have a little bit of the same issue. We, so let's go back in history. Kelvin Benjamin shows up at the rookie combine. He weighs 240 pounds. April mini camp, he weighs 270 pounds. Um, he's back to 240 now, but I, I'm not buying this uh, weight loss as him being ready for this season. Um, I think more to it has to do with. That offense now has added weapons, which are going to take away his targets. I think you got to stay away from Kelvin Benjamin. Um, and I think the same with Eddie Lacy. There's too much um, sharing the ball going on with him. you got Procise and you've got Rawls. I, don't, I just don't think they are draftable unless you are really looking for somebody late this year. So the big boys stay away with, um, from their bellies. Okay, they're draftable. Don't say they're not draftable. These guys aren't like fifteenth round picks. I mean, yeah, you can take them off your draft board, but they're going to. I'm going to. I'm going I'm to stay away. All right, you do that. Um, <laughs> Kelvin Benjamin's. <laughs> Kelvin Benjamin's. You know, the number one wide receiver on a team that is a year out from going to the Super Bowl. Uh, mid sixth round pick right now, and then you have Eddie Lacy, who is a mid seventh round pick. I one thousand percent get the red flags with both players. I had Kelvin Benjamin his rookie year, and he was one of the most maddening players to have on your team because he only got garbage time points. It just seemed, I remember sitting on my honeymoon in Jamaica watching Thursday night football. My wife was thrilled. Maybe it was Sunday night football. And he didn't do anything until the fourth quarter when the game was out of hand. I think he snagged two touchdowns late. So he is definitely a player that, you know, hopefully he, he, Got his weight under control now that they're in the preseason. I'd like to see how he plays, but he's a big-bodied receiver, which is great because Cam Newton is one of the least accurate players in the NFL, so it'll be very interesting to see what they do with uh, with Samuel and Christian McCaffrey here doing the little dump-offs. But being a big-body player, that allows him to have a big catch radius, and and that's that benefits Cam Newton. So I still have faith in Calvin Benjamin a little bit more than Eddie Lacy, who's a mid-seventh-round pick. I think Seattle is one of the better spots for Eddie Lacy to land. I think that he still is young enough to bounce back. He seems like he's motivated. He's you know hit the weight, the weight, uh, the weigh in again. He's down to two fifty. It's very frustrating that it takes you know five point five million dollars waiting in the wings in order for him to lose the weight. But for a big dude, he's pretty nimble on his feet. If he can stay healthy, I don't see any reason why he can't be a solid value pick in the seventh round. Um, but I, you know. I'm, I'm both pro Calvin Benjamin and Eddie Lacy uh, at those positions in the draft. They will be on my draft board. Sean, will they be on your draft board? Yeah, they're on my draft board. I, I'm I'm maybe not. I'm in between both of you. Well, actually, I'm not in between because Burst is <laughs> off the reservation yet again. Um, he's caught up in the whole, you know, Brock Osweiler stuff. You know, believing that hype train. Um, I, I I would say if we're if if you believe in Benjamin but are concerned and you want somebody at the back end of the draft or just to keep an eye on, Devin Funches might be worth a little bit of a role. Uh, reading stuff on camp with, with them, and, and he's getting a little bit more serious look. Um, starting unit, there, there could be a little bit of play there. Um, you know, Lacey, 
whatever. It, that Seattle, I got to see that offensive line be worth the shit before I, I really, really get into them other than than Wilson and Baldwin and, and Jimmy Graham. Like other, right now, it's kind of those, those three. And then I like a lot of other running backs than, than Lacey, to be perfectly honest. Well, I, I like CJ Process more than Eddie Lacey. Process I do, too. I, I do, too. Round. He he's uh was electric last season before he got hurt. Uh, popped his shoulder out. But he's hurt all the time. He's hurt it. No, like again, right. this is the, he's a a perfect example of th- these guys that oh yeah they look great for two or three games in a season. But there's something to be said for you know being able to play the entire season. And that's why Darren Sproles is kind of sneaky valuable. Oh, Darren Sproles, mid-12th-round pick, you know what his role is. His role is the pass-catching running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. They have LeGarrette Blunt, who I'm not going to say he has stone hands, but they ain't great. And they, they brought in D- Donnell Pumphrey, who looks like he's going to be the next Darren Sproles. But for a, a young quarterback like Carson Wentz, who's going to have to check down often, Darren Sproles is the perfect weapon for him. He's going to have another 60-catch season. He's going to be a solid RB3, maybe flex player for you that you can get really late. I mean, 12th, I, I will never understand Darren Sproles' ADP because he produces year in, year out. And he, he's not going to win you a league by any means, but he's going to be a bi-week fill-in. He'll be an injury fill-in. He'll be a flex player for you. And you can get that in the 12th round, which is just just highway robbery. Now, in our league, I mean, I don't remember where he went last year, but I feel like he's still probably a sixth or seventh round pick. He, he has literally been in my on my team for like three of the last four seasons, <laughs> and no lie, I get him in like the tenth round every single time. Oh, Ninth, cool. tenth round, he always goes really late. I'm gonna take him in the eighth round just to screw you over this year. You're not really near me in the draft in the eighth round. I don't know. I don't see That's it. That's true. That's true. Uh, Jerry, let's see here. I want to talk about a guy that was very close to your heart last year. And, you know, for, for a good reason. He he had like 1,200 yards rushing, but just happened to be that three of those games were 200-plus yardage games, and every other game other than that was pretty much very pedestrian RB3 numbers. Jay Ajayi. Where are you on Ajayi this year? Because he's being taken 16th overall. And fortunately, I'm in no position in our league. I'm drafting at the top of the draft, so I'm not going to touch him this year. But are you? Are you? If I guess if you were in a different scenario where you had a late first round pick, you might be able to get him either in late first round or early second. Are you jumping on the Ajayi train? There's kind of two sides to this. Like if you think about it this way, there really is no offensive threat right now in Miami. He really Jay is. Cutler, baby. They got Jay <laughs> Cutler. <laughs> Again, let me reiterate. They're really. <laughs> I love how Burst hates Jay Cutler, but likes Brock Osweiler. Brock Osweiler yeah. Not even like <laughs> Osweiler couldn't lick Jay Cutler's used cigarettes. <laughs> I got a hot take for you here. Matt Moore is a better starting option than Jay Cutler. Hot I take. Disagree with that. I I agree with that that take. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, Jay, where do you draft Jay I think last year I took him um, him and I took Rawls uh, way too early. And, oh, yeah. Uh, one, of them, <laughs> one of them paid off like a few weeks where he had over 200 yards rushing. One, I believe, against the Browns. So that, that was your giveaway right there. Yeah, um, but you took you took Jay Ajayi, I think, fourth round, a day after they signed Arian Foster. And and the the whole draft And what did I say? That them. groin that groin's gonna pop right away. And what happened? He wasn't active for week one. You just got lucky with Jay Ajayi. He wasn't active week one. Say what you <laughs> was will, not active. Say what you will, but scratch. The the again, the burst lightning storm strikes right into your crawl and you can't deal with it. Blue rolls and Jay Ajayi. <laughs> Neither were active. <laughs> I I really doubt that I said I'm going to take Lou Rawls running back from Seattle. Anyway, Should've. I digress. At least you'd be funny for once. I but where are you taking Where are you taking him this year? I think he's I think he's back in the third and fourth round. Um, oh you know, my I, god! I think he slips. I think <laughs> he, he just, slips. He put Cook at 29. <laughs> Oh, my God. See, this is the problem. Jerry Burst has the first pick. He doesn't have to do any thinking whatsoever. Even then, he's still going to screw this up. 
I respect I respect how you value guys, Jerry. I really do. But you got to look at the market. The market says that that's like trying to that's like trying to walk in a store and get a six pack of Bud and saying I'm going to pay you three bucks for this. And no, or, or saying I'm going to out here. I'll give you you know forty two dollars for a twelve pack of Natty. There's only <laughs> one person that would do that deal here on, within our <laughs> podcast network. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh, okay, so I, I wasn't prepared for him to say anything past twenty-five, and, and I, I thought he might go high, but my God, he went way back there. <laughs> oh Tell my me, God! I think All he's, right, Sean. I think he's Sean, cleanse us. Sean, uh, cleanse us. I mean, give it, us, give us a stud. Give us a stud. Well, I, uh, let me close JJ. Between thirteen and eighteen is where he gets picked okay. in a fourteen-team PPR draft. Okay. Cleanse us. Give us a stud. Uh, two, two studs. Demarius Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins. Where they're getting picked versus Demarius Thomas is in that big wide receiver group. Mm-hmm. He, I agree. He might not have the numbers to support it, but talent-wise, he's there. DeAndre Hopkins is still on the outskirts because of the quarterback situation. However, I something tells me Watson could be a big – like. That that could be a nice connection, and sooner or later that's going to happen in the season. Yeah. And, I mean, we got Demarius Thomas right now going mid-third, so that means Jerry's going to take him in the seventh round. And we got DeAndre Hopkins early third, uh, 25th overall for DeAndre and 29th overall for Demarius Thomas. All reports say that Demarius Thomas's hip is finally feeling fine. I think another year with Trevor Simeon uh, as a starting quarterback or Paxton Lynch, whoever plays, another one of Jerry's boys, uh, will only help him. And I think he'll be able to get back into that upper echelon top 10 wide receivers that we saw him for the longest time with Peyton Manning. Um, and DeAndre Hopkins is just a physical freak. I, I love watching him play. He makes acrobatic catches all the time. And, you know, listen, Tom Savage is not a good quarterback by any means, and Deshaun Watson will eventually be the starter. But once Tom Savage came in to the situation at the end of the year when and when the Brockett ship oh, was – Oh, don't uh, do it. Bench, do not uh, start talking about Tom Savage. Thing, no, I'm not. I'm not. Things got better on that offense, though. They also brought in a new offensive coordinator. Things got so. better. They went from, from literally being a steaming hot pile of poop yep. to someone shoveled up like half of it and someone else stepped in it and threw some lime over it. So things got better. Things got. All I'm saying is that things got better. So shit I'm is not, still shit, man. No, like, it, it is. But DeAndre Hopkins' numbers got better, and that, all I'm saying is that we're gonna. I agree with you that we're gonna see a bounce back from from both receivers. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins' season two years ago was ridiculous when he put up like 105 catches or like 1500 yards and I think 11 touchdowns with Brian Hoyer and, and Tom Savage throwing him the ball. So well, um, Brian Hoyer can force feed it to some guys. He's historically done that. He. he Pierre Garçon in, is is a nice little sleeper because he's going to get ninety catches this year. Right. No, I, I they are going to pepper him with targets. He is going to be Kyle Shanahan's new version of Julio Jones. Um, he is going to get, and they have nobody else on that offense. They have Carlos Hyde who's solid and Joe Williams who's really struggled, but they have no other receivers on that offense. Uh, uh, the Marquise Goodwin is their their other starting wide receiver and their starting tight end right now. It's not even Vance McDonald. It's one of the rookies that they brought in. Um, so yeah, literally, I don't I don't see I don't see anybody else on that offense touching. So where the ball. are those two receivers going, Luke? Oh, Pierre Garcon is no no Demarius Thomas oh. and DeAndre Hopkins. We we talked about that. You're too busy dealing with your dog. Yeah, um, you, so you guys can hear that. Yeah, this dog is going crazy. She just it, loves me. I can't it, help it. <laughs> elite, elite. DeAndre Hopkins, early third round pick. Demarius Thomas, mid third round in the twelve team league. So DeAndre twenty fifth overall, and Demarius thirtieth overall. That's where they're going right now. I wouldn't be shocked if both guys went up a little bit. You know, Terrell Pryor is in front of Demarius Thomas, which you know we can don't talk buy about. it. Do not buy it whatsoever. Um, T. Y. Hilton is still in front of of Agreed. both guys. If if T. Y. Hilton, if if Andrew Luck is out for six weeks, I'm major problem. Hilton and Moncrief drop big. T- Jack Doyle drops big time. Like that whole offense, that that team. If if Andrew Luck is on the pup list for the first six games, looking at a six and ten team. But you got to figure that if they're really worried about Andrew Luck's shoulder, that they would have brought in a veteran because Scott Tolzien. I, I would I would buy that. Except for Jim Irsay is the owner, <laughs> and we are on a. He hired Grigson for as long as he did. Yeah, true. It's a good point. It's 
a good point. Jerry, are you still with us? Of course. I feel like you're mad at us. So I want you to I want you to talk about somebody who's very close to your heart. This is one of Sean's sleepers. Brock Osweiler? No, we, we know about Brock. But I, I want you I want a little bit more light to be in your life right now. <laughs> talk about your boy Blau Powell and why he is a sleeper this year. Who's Bilal Powell? He's not even on my list. What 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 sheet am I looking at here? I, I just Are you explain. serious? You don't even know who Bilal Powell is? Of course I know who Bilal Powell is. He, he's obviously... His son's namesake. <laughs> my son's namesake. <laughs> no, wow, he's, he's a receiver. No, he's, he's a receiving running back. He's, he's, a, he's a, a pass catcher running back. He's going to be a guy that you have to consider kind of in the same area that you have Danny Woodhead um, a couple yeah. of years back. I... Is he? I don't know what. I don't know where I'm drafting him at, though. I, he's not somebody I'm <laughs> pursuing. I know that. The market says. The market says. The industry says he's going 61st. This overall. level of preparation from Jerry, um, a week and a half out, has me so <laughs> excited for next Saturday because I get to ice him like six times when he takes guys <laughs> already drafted. Or we should institute a new rule: if you draft someone that is clearly three rounds too early. <laughs> then you have to get iced by a consensus panel as well. Well, the and bad I, news is like this has bad, you could be drunk from the draft drinking Smirnoffs. The bad news is this year we're drafting on Sunday, so I'm not sure how we're going to do the penalties. I'm very yeah. Nervous the first day of school is the next day. Very nervous. That that's a major oversight by by Commissioner Mark, and um, I, I wonder if Joe Arch what completely that agree with that. So that's going to be uh, a very big point of contention this year. But uh, Blau Powell, listen, here's my thing with Blau Powell. That offense is going to be putrid. I mean, their only solid offensive weapon outside of Powell was Quincy Nunwa, who's out for the season with a herniated disc in his neck. <laughs> their offensive weapons are now Robbie Anderson is their starting wide receiver. Our Darius Stewart is camp. number two. An awful camp. Um, Austin Safarian Jenkins is their starting tight end, and he's suspended for two weeks because of a DUI. Christian Hackenberg just got sent home because he couldn't he couldn't uh, break out of a huddle the right way. I mean, this team is in shambles. They are going to go 0-16 so fast. If I'm Matt Forte, I'm demanding my release. I'm demanding a trade. And Powell is going to get so many dump-off receptions as – you know, Josh McCown is getting drilled by opposing defenses. I mean, as a Patriots fan, I love seeing the Jets in just an absolute disarray. This is just absolutely fantastic for me. So, Blau Powell, six round pick. He's going to be on a bad team, but he's going to be playing a lot of catch up football. So, he's got a great, great option um, uh, for weekly PPR RB2 uh, production. Uh, okay, Jerry, let's, let's settle. Okay. Bob Kelly and the Washington Redskins offense, what do you feel about what's going on there and, and what could happen in, in D.C.? I've been keeping an eye on what's going on in Washington, and especially with Perrine, is a very interesting draft because this guy is a physical freak. He's got the speed. He's a, a pass-catching guy, and he's also a thumper. He's a guy that can get goal-line carries, and he's not getting it done in camp right now. So Rob Kelly out of Tulane is – guy who's come back a couple years, and he's actually shown up quicker and bigger than what he was last year. Um, I think he's kind of a deep, uh, not a deep sleeper, but somebody you might want to be keeping an eye on. But I think as a whole, the Redskins offense is under the radar this year, losing both Garcon and Deshaun Jackson. I think uh, people are automatically writing these guys off. I, I, you know, if you're looking for value, I think the quarterback this year is is going to be um, to stay in Washington. you got to go with um, I'm going to sneeze, excuse me. Oh, my God. I mean, he, this has been a, a fantastic performance. I know, right? No, I think you have to go. I'm going with Kirk Cousins this year. Um, I think... In the third round. No, yeah, right after you. I don't pick near you. you have no, I think Crowder... I think Crowder I think Crowder's oh going to be a, a guy to get that's going to get a lot of targets, a lot of receptions this year. You got Reed over the middle, and I think uh, Terrell Pryor is your deep threat that can uh, get the balls that uh, Deshaun Jackson was getting last year. He's just not as quick as him, but his stride makes up for it. 
I, I want to ask Sean this. Where, Sean, where are you taking Jameson Crowder this year? Oh, um, upside's a wide receiver, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, reading a lot of how Gruden's trying to use him. Is he a 90-catch guy? Could he hit 100 yeah. catches this year? Yeah, he's a 90-catch guy. He's I think so. I, hundreds a, I don't, I, that's maybe a touch too much. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with him is are they going to use him in and around inside the 20s at all? Right. Or inside I don't think so. Um, yeah. Gosh, I, 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 I'm, he's never there when I'm uh, mocking at 11. He's never there um, fifth round. He's not there. Now, I don't know that I would take him there, truthfully. But, you know, I'm not in love with who's there at, at, at that fifth round pick from a receiver point, point of view. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got like Stephon Diggs, Brandon Marshall, Kelvin Bond Benjamin, Creed, Michael Sanders. Like, yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah. So I, 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 I kind of agree with you. I, I don't feel comfortable taking Jamison Crowder, but I, I feel like you know, three, four years ago when Edelman was was it there in like the fifth or sixth round, he never really felt great about it, just for whatever reason. Then he was uh, on your team, and you lo- and you're in the playoffs. And you loved him, and you loved him exactly. So Edelman's I, another one this year. It's a curious case, like he. It feels like he's still going off of his name, but then when you run the numbers, where's all of the t- like? They, there's not enough targets available. Well, corner Nick Vern, Brandon Cooks is going to have 200 targets, and they're not going to play Julian Edelman or Rob Ronkowski from week one through 17 because they're going to save him for the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, stay away from them, according to him. But that's a different story for a different day with him. Uh, but Edelman, God, he. <sighs> I mean, he's a he's a hundred catch potential guy every year, and I have to take a look at the splits for when Gronk was healthy because this was arguably Edelman's best season ever. Um, he he think he had like eleven hundred yards. Real real. See, quick. I don't like the lack of touchdowns though. At, like that is a that is a major problem. True. No, I agree. I mean, Gronk's going to be the the touchdown scorer there. But if you look at his his year last year. Right, he only had he only had three touchdowns last year, but he had 98 catches for 1,106 yards, which is PPR gold. Now the problem is the year before he was hurt. I think in 2014 he was hurt as well. So, um, yeah, he's your he's he's your typical PPR wide receiver too because he's gonna make up for the lack of touchdowns because he's gonna get you consistently seven catches, eight catches, nine a game, and he's gonna get you 12 points a game. Um, even without getting in the end zone. So I feel comfortable taking Edelman. Honestly, he could be a player that I, I could reach for. I think he's going in the fifth round. I might consider him late fourth. Uh, you know, I'm drafting third overall, so I won't be able to take him in the third. I wouldn't feel comfortable wasting a third-round pick on Would on you a guy take him there at fourth? I think that, if he's there at the end of the fourth round, absolutely. As my well, you're not there. Yeah, well, uh, then we can talk trade a little bit. <laughs> But okay. yeah, I, I, yeah, I hear you. There you go. But no, it, it's uh, yeah, it's it, definitely first. This is what happens when you actually know where people pick. You you can kind of like ah, I don't like that guy, but I'll like somebody you know flipping and flopping. Why don't you guys play the stock market? I got some cash you can spend. <laughs> oh, big baller over here, Jerry Burris. Yeah, I take <laughs> um, the pistol down before I bother with that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, so we've had some good conversations from a bunch of. Uh, <laughs> I just saw your note there, Jerry. Um, we've had some good conversation about the different guys who, who could break out this season, um, do a little bit better for than we expect. Uh, and also the guys who just think are, are too, too expensive for our taste. Um, actually, Sean, I want to touch on one more guy that, that you're not touching at all. Uh, you think he's outside the top 25 of running backs and I'm going to disagree with you on this one, but Marshawn Lynch, who obviously he, he missed all of last season. And and he came back inside with his hometown Raiders. I think he's a great fit there. If Latavius Murray can be a borderline RB one, then I think that Marshawn Lynch can be uh, low end RB one. And if he's being taken, you know, in the fourth round, he could end up being pretty good value this season. So, was Marshawn Lynch good this season before he quit? No, but he was injured, and then he didn't play. Right, got got healthy. God healthy. Okay. <laughs> um, so th- this guy is apparently superhuman in the sense that he's going to come back, have yep. no issue. Exactly. Um, 
on a team that is right there. I, I mean, it would be super impressive if he finished inside the top 20 running backs after not playing for a year. I, I mean, full stop. Actually, not playing for really two years. I, um, I, I totally understand the skepticism. He's not going to get. He's not going to catch. He's not going to catch passes. He'll catch and some. If he's dinged up at all. Um, I mean, it, also when they get the ball in the red zone, that team should throw the ball. They have Amari Cooper. They have Crabtree. They, they've got weapons. And if they are a little over a line on running the ball, teams are going to key on that. But here's the thing. He, he, Marshawn Lynch has had, you know, late 20s, early 30s, uh, mid 30s, you know, receptions per year in his career. He has the ability to catch the ball. Is he going to catch 70 balls, 80 balls like David Johnson? Absolutely not. But and, and I, I get the skepticism because we've never seen a guy – at this age, take a year off and then come back. There's been no history of it. But if history has shown us anything, a motivated Marshawn Lynch is a really, really good football player. And I don't know what his motivation is to play in, in Oakland other than maybe money or he's just bored. I don't know what it is. But I think that he is one of those specimens where he can take a year off, get healthy, or you know recover from his injuries because he had, he had lower body injuries uh, in 2000, after 2015, I still think he can come in and be a solid player. The, the Raiders have a good offensive line. They have a good passing game, so they're going to have wide-open running lanes. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not all in on, on Marshawn Lynch, but I'm, I'm definitely buying him at his price of a, of a you know, mid-third, early fourth-round pick. It's um, way too early for me. I'd, I'd rather have I'm Crowell. Little, Would I'm you rather have Dalvin Cook or, or Lynch? Uh, that's actually that's actually a really good question. If I'm Dalvin staring Cook. at both guys, I, I probably take Dalvin Cook just because, like you said, and we all said he's a three down back. Uh, I'm probably willing to to reach for Dalvin Cook more than um, you know take Marshawn Lynch at market value. Yeah, I just I don't, I I don't see how he finishes in the top twenty five. We'll see. It'll be very interesting to see if he's able to bounce back. And again, you know, and then if he has a good year this year, I think it was actually a two-year deal that he signed with Oakland. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll see how that all plays out. But looks glowing in camp. Uh, everybody's fast. Everybody's fantastic in camp. And, and Marshawn Lynch is no different. So we'll, we'll see if he plays at all during the preseason uh, because obviously they like to give those those veterans maintenance time. So, um, so gentlemen, we have our draft coming up. Next Saturday, next Sunday, um, probably, you know, we'll hopefully get an episode in for uh, next seat, next week before the draft. But we've talked with Jerry. You get the first overall pick. Sean, where are you picking this year? And, and who are you liking? You know, what what guys are you kind of deciding at in at, at your spot? <laughs> I'm at 11. We've already established that if people were paying attention. By now, they're probably not because we haven't exactly uh, – Giving him such you know rearing content with some of these <laughs> shit takes. Um, that that said, um, I actually think it's 11, 12 person. There's tiers. There's the three running backs. There's the three receivers, and then I think there's another tier after the next six. Um, and then uh, then I think what actually happens is the second round. Those are almost all the same type of players in my eyes. Um, there's flaws that you could look for any one of them. You know I. Luke, I know you love Todd Gurley. He's probably back end of that, you know, around 25. Um, you could make a case versus him versus Jordan Howard or him versus JHI. Um, I, I don't know how much I'd buy that case, but you can make the case. Uh, there's Dez Bryant, um, but then there's also Demarius Thomas, too. So I think the second round is where the draft starts getting kind of crazy and, and off of, you know, what people like. Does Aaron Rodgers go in there or not? Um, and then, you know, the third round then kind of reacts to that and, and away we go. Very interesting to see how that all plays out. But, um, in the meantime, I have a, que- you know, I have a question, Luke, you know, you've up? been in this league for how many years now? Uh, this will be year 10, year 11, 10, 11. Do you think this is the highest potential for guaranteed championship that, uh, for my team? With the first pick overall. <laughs> well, um, no, we just heard who you like at twenty nine. No, you worry about your squad. I'll worry about mine. 
I think that I think that Jerry, if you uh, do a little bit of research on your on your ADP and see who you can get, um, you know, at, at appropriate spots, then you hear that? There, you hear there's that a crinkling? good chance. There's a good chance that you'll win it's four or five. Stack of magazines I've bought at airports from all the weddings I've had to travel to this summer. And I'll say the I same need... thing about magazines. Magazines, the the worst. Printed two weeks ago. Oh my god! They really I, are. I it's embarrassing looking through them. I, how, how like. Off they the, are. Magazine still has Kenneth Dixon, and they've got pictures of Cardell Jones. That was the best. Like it's a Cardell Jones picture. It's Kenneth Dixon. He's ranked, <laughs> and he's not out for the season. I will never understand why magazines in 2017 are still a thing, considering the the internet changes. You know, in real time, and magazines are just are just printed shit from two weeks ago. Like they become archaic. After the first round of preseason games, it, it pisses me off. But whatever, I, you know, I, all the guys on Twitter on on the major outlets are touting, you know, buy our magazine, buy our magazine. I tweeted something along the lines of, "Why the hell are people still buying magazines in 2017? Just go to Roto World, go to RotoWorld.com, look at that while you're taking the dump. That's well, all you not, need to why do. Why not plug our stuff, Lou? <laughs> instead of like other, <laughs> let's market this." Why are people even wearing T-shirts? Like, just go shirtless in this day and age. <laughs> well, if you want a Jerry, I'll get a credit. bunch of extra larges. Jerry, I'll give you credit. You like Mike Evans. That is a good, solid first rounder. <laughs> Take him first I'll overall. Give, I, I now that's give you a credit for Mike. That's a reach <laughs> even for me. Well, as Sean alluded to, you can find us on Twitter at Glory Podcast, on Facebook, The Neverending Glory Podcast. Our good friend Matt Laughlin gave us a shout out and uh, asked us where the, all the fancy football hot takes were, calling us out. They're and, uh, coming, Matt. And, Pop uh, Jerry Burris on. You better cover your ears. <laughs> Stay tuned, Matt. Don't worry about it. You better come correct for that. But, you know, we will be producing content for the foreseeable future as we get you guys ready for the 2017 fantasy football and NFL season, uh, be sure to keep it locked on the never ending glory podcast on SoundCloud, because we will be producing not only our, our draft preview and draft prep episodes, but like last year, we'll be doing our uh, preseason picks for division winners, conference winners, Super Bowl winners, MVP winners. And then we will do our weekly fantasy football and weekly pick 'em episodes uh, throughout the regular season for the NFL. So make sure you follow us again on Twitter at Glory Podcast. Check us out on Facebook, the Never Ending Glory Podcast. Tell all your friends, please. We got eh, our, our our real person to sex bot ratio is starting to get better as we grow and get more and more followers on I Twitter. I gotta be honest, I like the sex bots better. Most of the people that follow us are pretty much just jerks, anyways. I like They're the sex cool. bots because they don't fact check my what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Well, after this riveting episode, I'm sure we'll get a few more sex spots. So, gentlemen, thank you for your time tonight. Ladies and gentlemen out there on the Twitter sphere, listening to us on the internet, make sure you keep it locked on us. We'll continue to give all these fire hot takes week in, week out. And, um, yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace. Later.